0: If you're a fan of Major League Baseball, this season has allowed you to witness greatness on many levels. On the field and off, by players and teams. It's a lifelong pursuit of excellence. Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. I fly ball into right field. She is gone. Occasionally during a professional baseball season, especially at the minor league level, though it happens in the major leagues as well teams will have what is known as a show-and-go. Now, I need to explain some things for you to understand that if you've never heard that terminology before. Typically, if you are the home team and there is a 7 o'clock game, you will show up to the ballpark between 1 and 2 in the afternoon. And you go through all of the pregame rituals of your stretching, batting practice, drills, infield, outfield, bullpens, you name it, and you get ready for the game at 7 But occasionally, again, especially at the minor league level, the night before, after that game is completed, the manager will say to the team, tomorrow is a show-and-go. And And usually that brings about great applause by the members of that team. And what that means is, as opposed to showing up at 1 or 2 in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock game, you might show up at 5. As a matter of fact, there have been times when a manager will say to the clubhouse guy, do not let anybody into this clubhouse before 5 o'clock. He might say to the players, be here at five 30, but he might say, I'm not even going to have the doors open until that time. And usually it happens because there's been a long stretch of a lot of games. There, there's some fatigue setting in. A lot of times it happens because a minor league team plays a, a game one night in a city, crawls on a bus at 11 or 11.30, drives through the night and has to play the next night. Or if you're in AAA, you play a game, you get back to the hotel at, let's say, 11.30 or midnight, you go to bed, so to speak, in order to get a wake-up call at 3 a.m. to get on a flight and go play in another city. And so that is given as a way to allow the people to just relax, not go through the things that they do each and every day. Now, why did I bring this up? Well, for me, this episode is essentially a show-and-go episode. This past weekend, I had a daughter who got married, and it is my second daughter in the last month to get married. And so the preparations leading into the wedding day, the wedding ceremony itself, and the reception, and the celebration, and then of course the cleanup the following day, has got me in a show-and-go mindset for this podcast. That being said, I want to focus in this podcast on greatness, or on those who have performed and acted in an extraordinary way, and in the context of Major League Baseball. But as I think about my daughter, who most recently got married, and my two daughters in the last month, I remember a quote from G.K. Chesterton. He said, The most extraordinary thing in the world is an ordinary man and an ordinary woman and their ordinary children. So it's easy to see greatness in sports, in Major League Baseball. Let's not miss the greatness of a man and a woman being united together in marriage in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just like we will look at greatness on the baseball field in a season and in a career, we see that greatness, wherever it is, is a lifelong pursuit. It takes hard work. It takes overcoming obstacles and difficulties. That is true in baseball. That is true in marriage. But let's look now at baseball. First of all, a week ago, we found out that an all-time great base runner, one of the best in Major League Baseball history, died at 89 years of age. That was Maury Wills. He played a long time for the Los Angeles Dodgers. In 1962, he stole 104 bases. That broke a very long-standing record, Ty Cobb's record set of 96 in 1915. Maury Wills was a great baseball player, not quite Hall of Fame, but close. But he spent eight and a half years in the minor leagues before he got the call to the major leagues. That's dedication. You do not become great without dedication. He had a great individual career, but also played on three World Series championship teams. And after his playing career, he managed briefly with the Mariners, but also had a lengthy career coaching and instructing. And he positively impacted many, many players. One of whom he had a great impact on was Dave Roberts, the current manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And as we talk about greatness, the Dodgers as an organization have had a storied career. But in the last three full seasons, they have won 106 games. We have to eliminate 2020 because of COVID but they won 106 in 2019, 106 last year, which by the way is the franchise record, and they have won 106 this year. Undoubtedly, they will win some more games before the end of the season and set a new franchise record. However, they are the first team in Major League history to win 106 or more games three consecutive full seasons. And right now, the teams that have shown greatness in the regular season the most would be the Dodgers and the Astros. But regular season wins ultimately isn't what it's all about. It's about winning a World Series. Greatness in 2022 is not hard to find. We are witnessing some of the greatest single seasons in history. We've talked often, and we should continue to talk, about Shohei Ohtani. He is doing things for a second consecutive year that have never been done in the history of Major League Baseball. Both pitching and hitting. But add this to that list of his greatness. I saw this this past week. There are 439 Major League players who have had at least 35 competitive runs to first base. In other words, let's say, trying to beat out an infield single. And of those 439 players the one who has the fastest average time to first base is Shohei Ohtani. And again, the season he is having is one for the ages. It is unique in every conceivable way. Nobody has ever done what he is doing. But few have ever done what this man is doing. ...for Judge, and here's the 3-1. Oh. deep to left field. There it goes number 60 slide over babe you've got some company Aaron James Judge has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs so that was number 60 that was on Tuesday night against the Pirates as you heard tying Babe Ruth he is one shy of Roger Maris And if he hits two more home runs, he will set the AL record because Roger Maris holds it at 61. Now, he's been in a bit of a drought since then. He has not hit a home run since Tuesday night. But the Yankees have 10 games left, 10 games for him to hit two home runs. They play tonight in Toronto. And if Judge doesn't hit two over these next 10 games and then again put together the fact that he didn't hit any after Tuesday of last week, that would be the longest drought by far of the season. So I think that the Judge will hit two more. He will pass Maris. He will be the new American League record holder for most home runs in a single season. On top of that, as it stands right now on Monday morning, he is leading in all three categories. I think he might be tie in batting average. But nonetheless, if the season were to end today, he would win the Triple Crown in the American League. Again, We think about Otani. He is doing something that's never been done. Aaron Judge is doing something. He's having the kind of season which has rarely taken place in Major League Baseball history. Now across town, there's another player who's having a great season. Alonzo hits one deep to left field. Forget that. That is way out of here. Pete Alonzo, number 39, and he's now the all-time single-season Mets RBI leader. 125 runs batted in, breaking the record held by Mike Piazza and David Wright. So Pete Alonzo had four hits yesterday, five RBI, and as you heard there, is now the all-time record holder for RBIs in a single season, in New York Mets history, he is having a great season. Judge is having one of the best seasons ever. And that is very enjoyable to watch. It is very impressive. We need to appreciate greatness wherever we find it. But I think it pales in comparison to what we get to watch at the end of one of the greatest careers in Major League Baseball history. Albert Pujols, homered earlier tonight, is one swing away from 700 career home runs. That was Friday night in L.A. He hit number 699 in the third inning, and then that one, number 700 in the fourth inning. I'll come back to Pujols in a moment, but I want to say this. It's a side note. We're talking about greatness. The person who gave up that home run, number 700 to Albert Pujols, is Phil Bickford of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And unless you're an avid baseball fan or you're a fan of either the Brewers or the Dodgers, you might be saying, Phil Bickford, who's that? Well, he's not going to be known as one of the greats ever in Major League Baseball history, almost certainly. But I will say this. He has overcome obstacles that are remarkable. I got a chance to be around him on a regular basis several years ago, and so many things happened to him, so many struggles he had overcome, and he's established himself as a quality Major League reliever. He'll be remembered as the guy who gave up home run number 700 to Albert Pujols. But we need to recognize that the fact that he was even there to give up number 700 should be an encouragement to us all to strive for greatness, even if we're not Hall of Fame caliber, to strive for greatness by continually pushing and pursuing excellence and not giving up and overcoming obstacles. But now let's go back to Pujols. Again, one of the greatest careers in the history of Major League Baseball. He has joined Hank Aaron in accomplishing feats that nobody else has accomplished. 700 home runs, 3,000 hits, 2,000 RBIs. The list is too long. Hank Aaron and Albert Pujols. Now, you couldn't see any of the video. You only heard the audio of the three home runs. Aaron Judge, Pete Alonso, and Albert Pujols. But if you watch the video on all three, so with Judge, it was home run number 60. With Alonzo, it was a home run that set an RBI record. And with Pujols, it was career home run number 700. All three of these men got out of the box while watching their home run. They all got around the bases well. They had a steady home run trot. None of them beat their chest. None of them said, look at me. None of them drew attention to themselves, even though all three accomplished Huge milestones, and I believe that those attributes are important aspects of greatness. These three men recognize that, regardless of how great the season that they are having is, or for Pujols, the career, it's not ultimately about them. It's about something bigger than them, and Albert Pujols expressed this in his post-game interview, the press conference. After he hit home run number 700.
1: What a special night, you know, first of all, you know, to have my family here in town and uh, to be able to do it here at Dodger Stadium, where I think I said early, uh, my joy pretty much of this game came back last year, being in the postseason and being in the clubhouse just a few feet away from here. Um, I mean, it's pretty special when it's really going to hit me when I'm done at the end of the season and I'm retired and probably a month or two after that, like I can look at the numbers and, you know, don't get me wrong. I know where my place is stand in this game, but I think since you day one, when I made my debut, it was never about numbers. It was never about chasing numbers or anything. It was always about winning championship and try to get better in this game. And I had so many people that taught me the right way early in my career, and that's how I have carried myself, you know, for 22 years, uh, that I've been in the big leagues. So, uh, you know, that's why I really I really don't focus on, on the numbers. Uh.
0: So that was a portion of his post-game press conference. He went on also to speak about being overcome with emotion. So after that home run, after the celebration, he went down into the tunnel there at Dodger Stadium and was overcome with emotion. And he was asked in the post-game press conference why. And he said, quote, Because of this, my beautiful family. They were surrounding him during this press conference. And He went on to say, After the Lord, this is who I play for. Them being a part of this history means everything to me. So Pujols, as one of the greats all time to play this game, and again, one of the greats on the field and off the field, says it's about King Jesus, it's about family, And then I'm not sure whether he would say then it's about country or team or team and country, but nonetheless, what he's saying is this, it's not about me, myself, and I ultimately. It's about the Lord Jesus, about family, about my teammates, about my country, about winning World Series. And with all three of these men, you don't see taunting or flaunting in the home runs that they hit. And generally speaking, you don't hear them talking in a manner that is taunting and flaunting but they act and speak in a manner that shows honor and respect. Honor and respect to the game. Honor and respect to those who came before them in the game. Honor and respect to those they play against and play with in the game. Honor and respect to those who come to watch the game. That is greatness. Nobody achieves greatness unless they have been gifted. It could be baseball. It could be something else. But it has to be a a gift, a gift from God. First and foremost, that needs to be recognized. But then there's also the hard work, the dedication that goes into achieving excellence, achieving greatness, mastering anything. There's a humility that is true about all who are great. Some, a little less humble than others, but true greatness is also humility. True greatness means it's about others far more than it is about me. It's about the pursuit of excellence, about overcoming failure and disappointments. Truly it's understanding Proverbs 21:31, which I thought about a lot last week and I don't think I ever brought up. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Greatness is understanding that my gifting, my talents, my opportunities, right Albert Poolholes not only had the gifting, but the Lord kept him in this game for 22 years. We acknowledge that, but then we say, I have a responsibility to prepare this horse for battle, to prepare myself for greatness in whatever field, whatever pursuit I am involved in, including, to go back to the beginning and what's very fresh on my mind, a husband and wife, a man and a woman being joined together in holy matrimony. But then to recognize, I can work as hard as I can. I can do all that I can do. But if there's victory, if I hit 700 career home runs, if I hit 60, or most likely more than 60 home runs in a season, if I set the Mets RBI record, it is because the Lord has granted victory. And ultimately, if we are truly going to be great, we're going to do all that we do for the glory of God, And we're going to do it with a Christ-like attitude and Christ-like actions. Christ who said these words to us and displayed these words for us in the way that he lived. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for listening.